There's a high interest today in how managers can be better coaches and how companies can more effectively use both external and internal coaches to enhance and sustain any development activity. The Zenger Folkman Company has published a good deal about the positive impact of coaching on helping leaders to be more effective, including how that impacts customer satisfaction, employee engagement, retention, productivity, and lots of other business results. Today, we are going to talk about the other side of this coaching craze, the side that hasn't been discussed very much. We're talking about the recipient of coaching and how much that person's attitude and behavior changes the outcome of coaching. Welcome to the 90th Percentile, an unconventional leadership podcast by Zenger Folkman. Each week, using research from over 1.5 million global assessments of leaders, we analyze different leadership traits, trends, and what it really takes for leaders to get to the 90th percentile. I'm Brianna Corin, and joining me today is my good friend and leadership legend, Jack Singer. Hi, Bri. So today we're covering coachability. Mm-hmm. Kevin Wilde has put us onto this topic, and we're going to have Kevin as a guest on a, on a future podcast. And he will go into greater depth about some fascinating research he conducted when he was the chief learning officer of a prominent food company. So consider today's podcast as the basic introduction, but there's much more to come. Yes. Now, research has shown that good coaching can help you achieve higher performance and greater personal satisfaction at work, which we all want. And you may be aware that you need to make a change. Perhaps there is some behavior that needs to be fixed or that you should be focused on. Maybe you need to change your mindset or maybe it's both that will help you advance in your career. But you won't reap the benefits of coaching unless you're fully prepared to engage in the process. Jack, you have had so many years of experience in executive coaching and written a lot on this topic. Despite what the organization wants and is paying for, for these individuals, are some of them not ready to be coached? Have you seen that? (laughs) The the, the simple answer is yes. (laughs) There are situations where the, the time may not be right. There are situations where the coaching isn't done in the best way or Maybe the coaching is being delivered by the wrong person. Hmm. There are some people who are total victims of the twin demons that beset many leaders. The demons are arrogance and complacency. These people live in the delusional world that suggests that I must be wonderful or I would not have been chosen to this position. Hmm. And arrogance you know, follows. Uh, they begin to think, my behavior was just fine in the past. That's why I got promoted. Mm-hmm. There's no reason for me to change. Chances are this person is not going to benefit very much from coaching. Most organizations agree that coaching is important. But they do virtually nothing to make the employees more receptive to coaching. Moreover, misperceptions about how will someone respond to coaching shuts down a lot of valuable conversations before they've even begun. People working in these companies pay a high price. Many develop blind spots, not realizing the seriousness of some underlying performance issue. So the question we want to tackle today on the podcast is, what can you do to increase your coachability? 
you have written a good deal about the importance of, of this behavior and how it changes a person's attitude. What are some behaviors people can use that would help them to be more coachable? One that you've talked about is asking for feedback. The single most powerful thing you can do is to sincerely ask for feedback from your colleagues, especially your boss. I think showing that you are open to feedback is so important for coachability, but you asking for it also gives you the power of the timing of the feedback. And I have an experience that goes with this, a very vivid one example that happened very recently. <laughs> um, uh, last week we had a flood in our house and in a few days we were going to have guests coming to stay at our house. So we spent so long drying it all out and my husband stayed up till 4 a.m. replacing the drywall he cut out to fix the leak and to dry it all out. So the next day he was exhausted and defeated and just so tired and I said to him, I'm curious if you really needed to cut out that much drywall and he turned to me. <laughs> and said, now is not the time for any feedback on this project. <laughs> so sometimes at work, we have our own raw moments, like right after you finish this huge project or presentation, and someone wants to give you tons of feedback, and you just can't process any feedback at that moment. But in a few hours or days, you would love to hear it and analyze it. So tell your boss or colleague that you're open to feedback and you know you can share your preference for when it would be helpful absolutely <clears throat> and asking for feedback has multiple advantages yes you have some impact on the timing and also control the scope whether it's very narrow or broad in general as your husband was repairing the, the hole in the drywall he probably was painfully aware that the larger the hole <laughs> the greater the time it required to repair it yeah Anyway, the second thing I've written about is ensure that you understand the feedback. And by this, I mean not only do you understand the specific content of the message, but it's also important that you understand its seriousness. I heard a manager suggest to a subordinate who had just finished a presentation and only the three of us were in the room. The manager said, I wonder if you'd like some feedback sometime. I've got a couple of suggestions. The presenter kind of hesitated, and I could sense that she wasn't really sure she wanted feedback. But the manager went on to say, you made your point really well. I think everyone was in agreement. Next time you do this, avoid using a tan-colored marker. It's really hard to read. And it always helps to tell some stories. That would make it even better. There was no barb in, her, in, in this, this conversation, nothing in the manager's tone to even hint that this was serious. Be sure you understand the seriousness of the message. It could be a casual suggestion or it could be something that's career limiting. Mm. Make certain you know which. If you're uncertain about the exact meaning of the feedback, ask for examples that will illustrate the message. Yeah, that, that's such a good point. So what is the next, number three? Well, always thank the giver of feedback. If the comments are very positive, that's really easy to do. If you think they're a bit inaccurate, harsh, or maybe even unfair, remember that it takes courage on the part of most people to give somebody else feedback. Upon further reflection, you may see greater value in what they've said. 
if you don't, then treat it like you would a gift you think is ugly and you don't don't ever intend to wear that tie or that blouse. <laughs> Just smile, thank the person and move on. Your response to feedback will determine whether this will be the first of many doses of helpful information or whether it will be the last that you'll ever receive. Yeah. Okay. And I, yeah, I think it's easy to thank someone for nice feedback, but let's be honest, it's hard to be grateful for feedback that's surprising or hard to hear in the moment, especially on something you worked really hard on. So, I mean, how do you tailor your response? Just a short, okay, yeah, thanks, bye. I mean, what if, what if you don't agree with it? What if it doesn't make sense to you? I think the, 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 the best advice is to smile, say thanks for giving me your view. You don't need to agree. Just give yourself some time to think about why this person has that perception. So there are occasions where you don't get or you have a manager who prefers not to give corrective feedback. So all you might be hearing all the time is, that's fine, it's fine, everything's fine. So our next coachability suggestion is to, number four, request one suggestion on how to improve. The giver of feedback may have some useful ideas about how to improve, how you can change your manner or, or start doing something that would make you even more effective. If you are a manager that, for whatever reason, you really avoid giving corrective feedback, you don't like it, just put yourself in the shoes of the person asking and think about the things that you really wanted and needed to hear that have made a difference in your career because it, it's helpful. Now, when you are the person you get that feedback finally, act on it. There's nothing, nothing more frustrating to your boss than to continually give you the exact same feedback. <laughs> Right. And the last coachability suggestion is really welcome the tough or the unexpected feedback. Develop a bit more of a thick skin that accepts such feedback as a learning opportunity, not a personal attack. Above all, don't argue with the feedback. If you really take the time to consider where this could be coming from and the other person's point of view, you will find usually some kernel of truth. Maybe there's a misunderstanding about expectations that weren't properly aligned, but remaining open and accepting, even when the message is not what you were expecting to hear, is extremely valuable. Once you have taken the time to process it, if you still don't fully understand what that person was intending, then set aside some time to have a constructive conversation to gain even more insight. I want to add to this list to also give people some grace in the way they deliver feedback. Just like you might not be ready to hear the feedback in some moments like my husband was about that drywall. <laughs> some, someone <laughs> might not be ready to give you feedback at that moment, right? We ask for it and they're like, oh, I haven't even thought about this. There are so many times when I wanna redo because the first time it came out of my mouth, it didn't sound the way that it did in my head. I mean, I always hate reading parenting books because they give you these conversations between you and your child about working through a problem and they're always so perfect. And then I go and I try it and I'm like, it didn't turn out like that. My kid did not respond the way that the kid in the book did. <laughs> so remember bosses, 
don't always have the time and energy to clarify their thoughts and they have pressures of their own. So you can choose to forgive people if their delivery wasn't fantastic and recognize their intent was to help you get better. Absolutely. And uh, if you can really give them, as you say, the benefit of the doubt, and this is what they probably meant to say, this is what they were trying to get to, I can tell by the tone of their voice that they they were trying to be helpful and constructive, and just uh, be a bit forgiving about the fact that it may have been a little less artful than it could have been, or (laughs) maybe the words weren't exactly the most elegant choice of words but uh, the intention was there. Yeah. So what are the big payoffs for improving yourself to be a more coachable person? Well, we assess leaders on their coachability and the perception of their overall leadership effectiveness. And no surprise here, those who were rated as being the least coachable, the first to the 10th percentile, had an overall leadership effectiveness rating at the 11th percentile. So that's a pretty direct correlation right there. You're not coachable, you're not being very effective. And on the other side of that, those who were rated as being the most coachable, the 91st to the 100th percentile, averaged at the 92nd percentile in overall leadership effectiveness. That's that's extremely high. So there is a direct connection there. You know, many of us have the assumption that someday life will be easier, uh, but this assumption that's going to get easier is not really true. It's never true because you change. The organization changes. The business environment is constantly evolving. A successful life means constant change and continuous learning. So set a goal to remain coachable throughout your career. In a future podcast, uh, our colleague and friend Kevin Wilde will share some really compelling research about how coachability affects people's careers. And, you know, let me just add one final belief and, and thought that I, ha- I harbor. Our research confirms that people with high levels of self-esteem and self-confidence are more inclined to ask for feedback. Many listeners will also know about our research on strength builders, behaviors that are statistically significantly correlated with each other. Think of these as the cross-training activities in the world of athletics. Think about Steph Curry bouncing a basketball with one hand and a tennis ball with the other and never looking at either one. Here's my belief. Encouraging people to ask others for feedback will in the long run build their self-confidence. I don't have any really great statistical proof yet, just a strong personal belief. Stay tuned. The 90th Percentile and Unconventional Leadership Podcast was written and recorded by Brianna Corin, Jack Zanger, and Joe Folkman, and produced by Zanger Folkman. If you're interested in learning more about Zanger Folkman's award-winning 360-degree assessments, leadership, and coaching offerings, or would like to attend our monthly leadership webinar series hosted by Jack and Joe, visit our website at zangerfolkman.com. If you like our podcast, tell your friends and coworkers about it, and be sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Stitcher, and leave us a great review. We really like to read them. 
All resources and links to the research referenced in this episode can be found in our episode details or on our podcast page on ZangerFolkman.com.